take out the vital organs and you burn all that stuff. And that takes care of the problem. You are now listening to From the Pit. It's killing a lot of people. And welcome to another episode of From the Pit, the show where we bring you everything from 201 limp dicks on the wall sing-along core to over 1,200 fucking bands. Mm-hmm. That's right. We have been at this for 201 episodes. Jesus. That's a lot. It is a lot. It's a big number. It creeps up on you. I li- yeah. I like 201. It's like a... I think it was a Porsche and Ferrari back in the day when they were like going for the top speed. I forget which one did it, but they the t- made sure they mentioned that their top speed was 201. Just that little bit extra. <laughs> Why not? It's 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 like that fucking, <clears throat> you know, that old spinal tap joke. He's like, this one doesn't go to 10, it goes to 11. It goes to 11. Yes. It's like, why not go that extra mile? Literally go the extra mile. So uh, we decided to do this one a little bit different than our usual episodes. Uh, normally when we hit one of these fucking landmark episodes um we drink too much and it turns into a really stupid episode and i (laughs) love doing that and fully intended to do that uh at the next at the next goal post that we cross however uh wanted to do something a little different this time so for any listeners who have been with us for a while i'm sure you've heard our quote-unquote backup episodes things that we release around the holidays uh, which we always love doing because we each talk about something that we normally don't have any reason to talk about on the show, but it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just going to kind of do an extended version of that. So sort of a, a full-length version of one of our backup episodes. So we'll each be talking about some shit that normally we wouldn't find a way to bring onto the show. These have like very weirdly become some of my favorite episodes. I think I have, I mean, I have fun doing the show in general, but I think this, these episodes in particular are where I have the most fun. It ultimately takes me back to the impetus of the whole show is uh, sitting around and just bullshitting about bands we came up listening to. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like that, that aspect of it is still very much intact, but I do like it when it's a little more, l- kind of more loose fit, loose fitting, I guess. Relaxed fit, not to borrow from a more popular podcast. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. We, we've done that enough that people have yelled at us and uh it hasn't stopped me so <laughs> i'll steal every bit god damn it yeah yeah i don't fucking care it's like that's not your it's like we don't care nobody cares well i'm gonna kick it off and i'm gonna start off with something that might be a little divisive might not be but oh Tom? man this is jesus
Oh man, God damn it! So I uh, I am not familiar with this, but no, uh, I never no. showed you this over the years, huh? No, but hmm. I'm, I'm digging it. So that is uh, this day forward off of their most acclaimed album, I guess, uh, the transient effects of light on water. In your standard 2000 fashion of bands with album names that are too long. <laughs> yeah, that that was a that was a big thing back then, and even when I was in high school, I never understood it. I mean, I, I it's it's like a point of nostalgia I mean, for me at this point. Yeah, snickering. Well, then, then again, then again, I like Nile, and Nile do that shit all the time. So <laughs> that is true. No talk. Too. Yeah. Um, God, what's that song they had that's like? It's like thirty-five words. <laughs> yeah, Nile's fucking. Abs- I love them, but they're absurd. Um, an absurd, absurd band. It's true. Th- this is one of the ones that I just, I never, it just kind of, I passed by it. Okay, I so never, no feelings either way? Yeah, it was never like a, oh, fuck this, or just like, I, I just never heard it. Um, And I like almost everything about it, but there's something about the vocals that just don't click for me. I think that's what I like the most about it, is it's like, you can tell why their next album they were like you could hear him getting throat polyps in this album <laughs> it's like he's just belting it it's like you know uh, i see what they're doing here like this again this is like this is as early 2000s as early 2000s gets but at the same time it's like i i i saw this cover and i actually thought this was a different band yeah, yeah it was still it, like when hardcore was kind of confused with their album covers doing like well, no, it, 90s I, covers. I just quite, yeah, I quite literally thought that this was, uh, like I, swear, I, thought this, or I thought it was E6. some pop punk band. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Nah. But, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they got that, uh, they got that, you know, oh yeah, we've been listening to a lot of, uh, later in flames thing going on with the heart, the guitar melodies and yeah, it uh, takes me back. Not necessarily in a good way, but it takes me back. I also got to, I want to give them credit for proper EQing in the sense that like bass was shining through like every instrument was heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean what I like about this is that it really leaned more on the metal side of the metal core. A lot more on the metal yeah. Uh, as I listen back I hear is, that. Like it's really before it had kind of hit that point of like the shitty cookie cutter like mm-hmm. all of these bands sound the fucking same. Like August and Burns Red era metalcore. Yeah. yeah. I mean um, I like them but they kind of set that off. So it's yeah, I mean, uh, I owe it a lot of credit. It's you know, um, I don't hate it. No, I mean, look, it's a funny story because honestly, like, uh, this is the album I like from this band. Uh, as you go forward in their material, like I said, the dude got I'm pretty sure throat polyps and couldn't couldn't do that anymore, and that's what I that's what I showed up for. So I mean, I look back on this album fondly. I mean, it's a Philly band. They had a short stint, '96 to 2003. <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, I mean, for those in the metalcore scene at that point in time, you probably look back on this album pretty fondly. I recommend it. That was the track, Writing in Cursive. So next, we're going to do something much more ubiquitous and, I think, Mm. agreeable. Tom?
Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if you noticed. I was uh, kind of flipping around on the albums. I did. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Black Sails, The Art of Drowning, and Sing the Sorrow are yeah. hard to pick between. I mean, they kind of they get more accessible as you go forward, but I think master their sound. Mm-hmm. But here's where they, I feel like they start introducing some more of the heavy-handed, like Danzig, and like kind of well, experiment. Even, yeah, some of uh, some of Davies uh, gothier influences. Like this is where they really started to move away from like the straightforward Bay hardcore sound. It's Bay hardcore. Yeah. Um, which thank fuck for the way that they did it because it's uh, it was such a cool fucking evolution. And all the way up until and including Sing the Sorrow, I think really one of the more fucking innovative bands out of the scene. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, someone growing up in a slightly rigid religious sort of upbringing, I mean, this just spoke to me. I mean, there's all the little undertones and, and obviously oh, in the prayer position, the song we just brought in. This, I mean, being a fucking, uh, being a teenager and stumbling across this shit, just the fucking... The energy uh, mm -hmm. that this music fucking had was outrageous. There was nothing that made me want to fucking, fucking get out on a skateboard more than AFI. I, when I, I saw them for the Sing the Sorrow tour, and that's still one of my favorite shows. Oof. It was just crazy. <laughs> also, on, on this album, the, uh, the ending bit to, I think it's At a Glance. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. When that hits, that's just... I, it was... It was nearly impossible to pick a track between the mm -hmm. three albums or to pick an album between the three albums, but um, I landed on this. It felt right. Uh, it felt like it would appeal to the AFI fans, not necessarily the latter end or the, you know what I'm trying to say? Um, mm -hmm. But like I mentioned in the group chat last night, I'm going to dig a little deeper. Their new release, and I'm saying new as it was <laughs> 2017, I just haven't been paying the fucking you know who's well after december underground who's been paying attention but um you know it's got promise it sounds like a like a dark wave synth wave type of an album so that's a see unless you come back to me with like a glowing review i mean like just a fucking like i jerked off to this type <laughs> of review then it's gonna be a no-go for me because uh, it's just like i hear you the 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 fucking moment when uh, when Davy Havoc was being interviewed about what it was like, uh, and this is just after the release of December Underground, they were like, "What was it like going from being a hardcore band to like what you're doing now?" And Davy just responded, "We were never a hardcore band." And I was like, "Oh fuck yourself, Whoa. dude! Like See, you literally to... got here because of fucking hardcore kids buying your shit. So fuck right off. Like you want to go off and do something different? That's fine, but don't fucking." Yeah, yeah, you no. Don't I, cold shoulder us like that, man. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. was was that the moment that uh, AFI were officially dead to the hardcore scene? Was that it? Yeah. I for a lot of people earlier than that, a lot of people uh, fell yeah. off at Sing the Sorrow. <clears throat> Some people fall off after like the the early era. Answer that instead of fashionable. <laughs> yeah, and, and like yeah, uh, shut your mouth and open your yeah. That's good shit too, but it, it's great. It's it's. I mean, I love those fucking recordings as much as I love this shit. But I can also see where some people are like, "What the fuck is happening here?" Yeah, so. a little too edgy. But yeah, mm. that'll do it. Very it's nice. All right. <clears throat> well, 
You guys ready to go to the uh, complete opposite end of the spectrum? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, all right then. Tom? want a push pit because that's how you get a push pit <laughs> man it's just uh, see so after i've been talking so much about the new perdition temple album uh, uh sacraments of dissension go check it out uh man it's just i was remembering and i have been for several months now just how fucking good angel corpse were <clears throat> this it, band yeah go ahead no, I was just going to say it's funny because I think, yeah, when you were talking about that new album, you specifically mentioned them. Oh, yeah. Well, their front man is a former guitar player for Angel Corpse. So, ah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, uh, they're one of those bands who are kind of about as non-controversial as you can get in death metal because pretty much everybody likes and respects them. Like you bring you bring up Angel Corpse like in any crowd of extreme metal dudes, and they're just gonna be like, "Oh fuck, man!" Like Hammer of Gods and Exterminate and fucking The Inexorable. It's like, oh, they're all so good, and all their albums are good. None of them are bad. Every single one of them is fucking excellent. Go ahead. Uh, no, I just I mean, there's literally nothing to dislike about this if you're <laughs> into the style. Yeah. No, there was. Angel Corpse were one of those bands who, like, yeah, they didn't they didn't really give a fuck what was popular. They didn't care that some of their contemporaries were trying to become, like, grunge bands and alternative rock bands. And they're just like, nah, we're just going to keep doing what we do. Yeah. And that is to, to just bring, like, the most, the no groove, no no catchy bits, just, like, the fastest, most aggressive, most sharply performed extreme metal among the most among the best ever made and this album is absolutely no different actually this one's probably my favorite this is the album exterminate from 1998 and it's it's pretty straightforward right the track is called god frank every for some reason this made me think of all the fucking power metal you bring in it's called into the storm of steel <laughs> yeah i like that it doesn't doesn't it sound like the most power metal name of all time if the you... only thing that i knew about them was the title of this song i would assume they were a power metal band no and then this bus and you're just like, oh oh, oh. <laughs> yeah you're sitting there in no. your, your plate mail you're like 
Well, yeah, this is awesome. This isn't what I came for. <laughs> it's like, no, I shouldn't be wearing my armor. I should just be like, you know, burning people alive. <laughs> you can do that in your armor. Come on now. Okay, yeah. I guess you don't have to take the armor on, off for that. But, <laughs> oh man, just like fucking Angel Corpse, man. Just one of the best like death metal bands period like this album is fucking perfect there's not an ounce of fat anywhere on it there's not a not a note out of place nothing is wasted it's all it's all straightforward it's all not obtuse it's right out in front of you there's nothing to there's nothing to fucking uh, there's no nothing is open to interpretation this is just as fucking violent and fast and aggressive and extreme as it can possibly get and that's all they wanted to do. That's all that needed to be done. And it accomplishes that beautifully. That's it. And actually, you can head over to osmosproductions.bandcamp.com and you can pick up the digital copy of this for just over seven bucks. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, do yourself a favor. Go buy the CD or the vinyl, what the f- whatever fucking format you people buy. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, osmosproductions.bandcamp.com. Go check it out. Angel Corpse, one word. Exterminate. Fucking great album. All right. Yeah, so I got one more for you. So, uh, Mike, yep. you like you like weird, right? I do. Okay. We're uh we're gonna get a little bit weird here. Actually, I think I think this is a band that you'll like in particular, Mike, so why don't you just go ahead and play it, Tom? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't come. You didn't come through for a second there. Oh, no. I was gonna say, uh, the way they did some of that with the uh, the switching back between the the heavy and the kind of groove section, yeah, reminded me of some of the bits off of uh, like Slipknot's Mate Feed Kill Repeat. Oh, you mean the only really interesting Slipknot album? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. No, really. Like, anyone who hasn't heard that album, go check it out. It's bizarre. It is a really strange experience in a lot of ways. But getting back to it, 
this is a this is a band from the Czech Republic that I've kind of they've always kind of been in the back of my head ever since I first found out about them, and I finally I finally found out like probably two years ago that they were on Bandcamp, and I found this album and I bought it. They're called Contrastic, and they released one full length album. Uh, I can't remember when exactly it came out. Uh, oh, two thousand. January, the New Year's Day, 2000. Wow. And yeah, it's 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 a self-titled. And I think what really grabs a lot of people about this when they when they first hear about it and when they see it is the cover. Like, has, has everyone looked at the cover of this? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So for for those of you listening, the cover to Contrastic's self-titled album is a sort of crudely drawn interpretation of ariel the mermaid i even think a little it looks like that's out of a coloring book and it's it might it might be (laughs) but yeah if it actually you're probably right but it's very like kind of crudely colored in yeah yeah and that's that's kind of the first thing i feel that everyone latches onto when they first see that see this i mean i know i did but I mean, I know a lot of people who probably were just like, "Oh, that looks stupid. I don't want to listen to that." And I saw it and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I gotta, I gotta hear the band who uses covers like this. And um, there's a second thing to overcome, and that is the intro to the first track uh, called "War Laws," written as a question, "War Laws," and it's like this weird kind of quiet bouncy key like organ intro hmm. like elect electric organ like a organ the or, like a sampled organ on a keyboard you know all right mm-hmm. and so there, there are just there are a lot of things about this album it's hard to encapsulate just how bizarre this album is uh without without listening to like the entire thing straight through <laughs> and man it's it, i i hate i'm not trying to like uh get out of explaining it or anything but the contrastic album is one of those things that you kind of just have to hear for yourself because i mean it, it does it is a ruthlessly heavy and stupid aggressive album it, it is a it is a death grind album at its core but there's so much bizarre shit and so much weird experimentation with sound and rhythm going on that you kind of just have to hear it for yourself and it's I compare it to albums like Nesbeth or The Red in the Sky is Ours as albums that you can listen to over and over again, and there will always be something that jumps out at you that you didn't hear before or that you interpret differently. And that's, I think, one of the things that's the that's most impressive about the contrastic full length, and I can't say that about a whole lot of albums. Even, like, even really good albums, like, to me, albums that are amazing, sometimes don't quite have that uh aspect to them but yeah contrastic kind of just has it in spades so go over to contrastic.bandcamp.com and check this out by the way that track was called sex with four walls (laughs) yeah among among others like vocalic system from the perspective of a social distinctiveness uh chopin's ulcerous ulcerous colic and Verschotten Dirk Arbeit. It's yeah, it's a 
it's interesting stuff. Just go <laughs> go check it out. Just go listen to it. It's it's a fascinating fucking album, and every everyone should just everyone just needs to kind of experience it for themselves. And that's all I got for you. All right, I like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. hell yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah. check it out. But uh, that'll bring it on to me. What you got? So uh, anyone who's been listening the past couple weeks may have noticed that I've been just in a fucking 80s glam rock fucking k-hole and i'm, I'm really always, i'm I, always i'm always in that hole man no but i mean i'm like i'm i'm balls deep dude i i can't listen nice. to anything else i'd like i don't want to listen to anything else <laughs> uh so uh there's 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 quite a few bands from that era that uh i think kind of got forgotten which is a shame because a lot of them were mega fucking talented um this band would be one of them. Uh, this is a band out of Detroit called Seduce. Tom? Well, if you want to become famous, it usually takes your whole life to get there, you know? Who's the biggest band in Detroit? Us. love that <laughs> how many full legs does this band have Tell me there's at least one two? two. Oh, good i got i it, got listening to do this was uh that was the track crash landing off of their 1988 release uh too much ain't enough mm. <laughs> so, God damn it. there's only this and their 1985 release which was their self-titled uh, there were plans for a third album. Uh, unfortunately, they did not make it to that, mm. uh, which sucks. is a fucking bummer. But 
I mean, it was kind of, unfortunately, they came in and started to gain attention at the tail end of that scene, uh, which happened to a lot of bands. There were a few of them in, like, that released their first album in, like, 1990. It's mm. like, ah, oh, bro, you're fucked. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but Seduce was fucking awesome. Uh, you know the you know the nineties ruined a lot of things. It really did. Yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, I uh, someone made a comment once about grunge killing <laughs> hair metal, and I was like, dude, you why? Like, yeah, you killed the party, you fucking idiot. Like, why'd you do that? <laughs> yeah, you, you, <laughs> it was you fun. To, like, you brought God fucking heroin <laughs> to a party where we were just cool with wine coolers. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, guys, uh, wine coolers and coke are cool, but how about some fucking H, bro? <laughs> yeah. God damn it. That's what, that's what the fucking 90s, fuck the 90s, sick of the 90s. <laughs> oh, God damn it, dude. So sick of it. I just yeah. Fuck- um, so, dude, somebody, somebody down in the fucking comments hit the nail on the head there. They're like, there's like some weird fusion of like Motley Crue and like, among the living era anthrax or like spreading the disease era anthrax well that was the crazy thing like that whole scene um there was a lot more crossover than i think people realize Uh, oh yeah it's like that was like back before things like black and death metal even existed back when just you know it was bands like necrovore who were just like throwing everything into the same pot and just like you know extreme is extreme yeah, well, and even on the fucking, you know, on the more commercial, like, glam rock side of things, like, almost all of those dudes came up on fucking Alice Cooper and fucking, um, you know, like, Iron Maiden and shit. Like, mm-hmm. they were all metal fans. Oh, yeah, I mean, they they kept the theatricality and upped the party. Yeah. God, I just love that intro to the video, though, the... Well, who's the biggest band in Detroit? We are. Us. Yeah. yeah well, we, we are. So those clips uh, were from the decline of Western Civilization Part 2. <laughs> uh, they are one of the bands that got some coverage in there, which I highly recommend checking out if you're into... Uh, actually, check out all three of those fucking documentaries. But um, if you're into this era... That's definitely worth checking out. A lot of it's very cringy because a lot of those dudes were super fucking cringy. Um, but you'll also, like, I mean, they yeah. were kind of. It, it was at the tail end of the scene. So they were catching, like, bands that were at their peak, bands that were kind of falling off, uh, and bands that were trying to get in. Um, it's a really fascinating look at that, at that time period. But uh, yeah, Seduce too much ain't enough go check it out you know what i'm gonna be fucking doing as soon as we stop this shit oh yeah i knew that one would especially catch you and frank Mm. oh yeah let's i don't know man i don't know why some people are still surprised that i that i like glam like fuck come on i mean it was just fucking rock and roll shit man like i don't well, I don't know why so many. Yeah, I don't know any, why so many fucking dweeby metalheads get pissed off about it. I'm like, they weren't trying to be like most of those bands weren't trying to be metal. They never were. Yeah, Motley, I, Mot, Motley Crue were never trying to be metal. Well, uh, speaking on that, there was a band from Australia 
that influenced a lot of those motherfuckers. I mean, a lot of them. Uh, Guns N' Roses especially were huge fucking fans of these guys. Uh, had them open for them when they toured Australia. Uh, it, it's um, This particular band is one of the hardest fucking bands ever. Uh, and I think it's another one where a lot of people just aren't familiar with them for one reason. or Like, they've got a good cult following. Um, but if you don't know where to look, you might miss them. Tom, go ahead and roll that. Come on, boys. The frogs are hugging the pinball machine. (laughs) (laughs) So, that was the track Rock and Roll Outlaw off of the 1978 self-titled debut by Rose Tattoo. Can I just say... God, I feel like I've been missing out on so much. Seriously, yeah. this is like better than Guns N' Roses. <laughs> also, I was gonna say like their their vocalist is like he's like Robert Plant, except cool and not fucking grating and awful. <laughs> Listen, man, you've got a band called Rose Tattoo at a time where tattoos were still highly unacceptable. Uh, fronted by a man named Angry Anderson. I who just is, saw that on their wig. Who is five foot a, one? Was that Tooth Gap real? <laughs> Oh yeah, awesome! Because you saw the tongue slide over the with a fucking with a fucking <laughs> yeah. uh, bassist fresh out of prison, like, like hard awesome. as fucking nails. Uh, this is also the proof of. Remember when you're in school and they're like. Smoking doesn't make you look cool. Yes, the fuck it does. Did you just see that? The dude ripping a lead with a fucking fucking cigarette hanging out his mouth. It looks awesome. It does. God damn it. 
Yeah, uh, they they had a, a pretty a pretty good run with uh, several comebacks. Unfo- they were supposed to be fucking touring the U.S. this year. Uh, oh, damn. Yet another one. Uh, yeah, dude, the shit that was supposed to be coming through this summer. Fucking Alice Cooper, Motley Crue, fucking Rose Tattoo. Like, fuck me. Um, but, dude, I, I mean, what else do you need? It's fucking, it's hard as shit. They've got fucking slide guitar. Yeah, like yeah, I meant to mention that. Yeah, that's uh, always points I'm, with me. I'm, I'm also just like, just really amused by the fact that their second album is called Assault and Battery. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why that's so fucking funny to me. <laughs> I, oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't, like, if you've been missing out on this, you've been seriously missing out. Uh Spend some fucking time with Rose Tattoo. They're better than most of what you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to fucking argue. <laughs> God damn it. I don't know why, man. Just like, I, I don't I don't care if he's like, I don't care if he's five foot one and has a busted tooth, man. Their front man just like, Angry Anderson just like exudes charisma. I like it. I like him. Mm. All right. Man, uh, fantasy I don't know Frankie. What? Fantasy Frankie. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, I believe that's going to bring it to me. Yep. Oh, boy. Yes, it oh, yeah. This is, this, is, this is something I have not seen in quite a number of years. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Mike brought us to the uh, early 2000s. I'm going to do a different side of the early 2000s. <laughs> Tom, why don't you play that? Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. It's uh, been so long since I wrote them off that I always forget that there's an era of their music that I don't hate. Yeah. And that's the thing. So th- even this album, which was, uh, I always have to look at the fucking name of this album. Goddamn. Puritanical Euphoric Misanthropia. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think we mentioned who that was. Either. Oh, uh, Dimmu Borgir. Uh, that was their 2001 release, which was a kind of a departure from their uh, their their previous work. Um, but it was, I think, a good departure. Like, the album was much more, uh, there's more diversity on it. They kind of, whereas the previous albums, as much as I love them, sometimes there was like a track or two where you're kind of like, eh, kind of didn't need that. Yeah. Everything on this, and even the following album, uh, Death Called Armageddon, every song has purpose to it. There's nothing that you want to take out. So I feel like this was where they really got into the swing of the writing. Okay. They found their true selves. Yes. And, oh, the f- when those, like, melodic bits kick in, it's so fucking good. Oh. Also, that was the, uh, the track Kings of the Carnival Creation. And, yeah, I listened to this a lot at the tail end of, like, middle school. Yeah. Yeah, this was, like, a perfect album for right around that age. Ooh. Yeah, everyone else is sitting there with the, like, uh, do you hear Slipknot? It's like, did you fucking hear this? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. I don't know. It's hard to decide who's cornier. <laughs> I don't think it's hard. I think it's easily <laughs> Slipknot. I mean, this is. I mean, this has got some shred, and it's it's a little too operatic often. But mm. I mean, generally, like I'm kind of with Phil. Like, there's periods of Dimmu's work where I'm just like, no. <laughs> but but like sometimes they hit it right, and uh, it all comes together to hit that. Like I wish they could do that more often. It's funny because like I feel the same way about them as I do Behemoth. They often okay. miss their mark, but like sometimes I when like they the do, whole it's like presentation because that's something they spend a lot of time with is their costumes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so I remember uh, showing different Dune Borger albums to uh, my buddy Kevin, who plays in Jazz and Gray Matter, and for the most part, he was kind of like, "Eh, eh." I got to this album, and there's also certain tracks where they go from like eighth notes into 16th notes like back and forth he's like this this is what i fucking want yeah yeah. i mean we just hit that like buzzsaw uh uh fucking sweep at right before we cut it off i'm like oh yeah yeah yeah." Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh i gotta i've just got another one for you now this one's a a bit different this is actually something that i've i've brought on the show before uh and it's something this is probably at this point, one of my most listened to power metal albums that I just always throw on. Um, Tom, why don't you play that?
Okay, so I feel like they eat exclusively at the melting pot because I can't think of any other way that you could be dripping with that much cheese. <laughs> oh my god, it's yeah, it's it's so much, but I fucking love it. Like, oh, I get it. it, it yeah, I, 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 I have zero issues with this. And like but, musically, like the fucking the drive, how much he's just fucking belting all the time. Oh yeah. I fucking love it. But this is definitely fucking... This is the cheesy end. The cheesier Ooh. end of cheesy power metal. It, it, it's it's almost like I knew what you were going to play before. <laughs> like the whole fantasy Frank thing. <laughs> <laughs> but man, like... I even... uh, Again, I remember me and my buddy were going up to uh, Ricketts Glen. And we're going on like the mountain roads. And ooh, was I breaking speed limits while this is going on. <laughs> and like... I can't, like, this album will always make me speed. Like, I can't drive normal to this. It's, especially when those certain moments hit, and he just starts belting a note, and you're like, yeah, this is it. I've, sorry, officer. <laughs> <laughs> now, there is a lot of sadness with this, is that this album came out in 2014. Um, it was their second release. The one before that was 2011. And this is the last thing that they've put out. Um, I've even like I constantly checked the Facebook and the last thing from Facebook was like 2015 Ooh, oh. yeah, and I'm like no like I, I want more of this did, so much did we by any chance name the band oh uh, Frost Commander from Poland okay yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah of uh, course it's Frost the Commander most, <laughs> the most power metal name of all time all they had to th- all they had to do was throw in a fucking Lord of the Rings reference and it just <laughs> Oh, but yeah, this is, I, I throw this on at least a few times a week. Like that's a lot. It, it, oh, it, oh yeah. It's a lot. This, this I don't is, know if that was a joke or not, but I read it that way. No, no, this is. No, it's no, a, Phil. Oh, <laughs> no, that's just, I, I don't listen to many things even on a weekly basis. Yeah. So. No, this, like I say, like, this is one of my favorite power metal albums. This is. This is always one of my go-to recommendations when someone wants power metal. Throw them right into the fucking cheese. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so to uh to get a hold of that, go to frostcommander.bandcamp.com. Well, that'll bring us to a segment. Some might say the most important segment. Some might say the segment. That's the brutal bruise. And uh, Sam is taking it this week. I am. I've been waiting to do this for two weeks because, uh, you know, couldn't make it last week for multitude of reasons. But you know what? I just I want to start this off by letting the music do the talking for me. So, Tom.
tasty as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, from back when, back when melodic death metal was actually, you know, melancholic and spastic and crazed and desperate sounding. And, hmm. you know, then Clayman and Clayman and Slaughter of the Soul had to fuck it all up, you know. That's kind of just how it went. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you're going to have to believe me when I say this name, because I think a lot of people wouldn't. A Canoris Quintet are <laughs> one of the one of the lost, well, maybe not quite lost, but, you know, less lesser known, lesser appreciated uh gems absolute gems of early melodic death metal which is the melodic death metal that i tend to stick to and they they kind of uh they kind of fill they kind of help fill that same space for me that albums like with fear i kiss the burning darkness do and which funny story by the way i actually have a uh, canoris quintet patch coming and i'm really excited about that and this is the album of theirs that whenever people talk about melodic death metal, I think this is probably one of the first two or three albums that come to mind. And it's called Silence of the World Beyond. And it just oh, it is one of it is one of the standard albums by which I judge all other melodic death metal. I mean it when I say that. And I've been trying to find a CD copy of this that's not seventy five dollars or more. <laughs> for like the past two years <laughs> and i've had no luck whatsoever they've all been really expensive originals or bootlegs surprise surprising number of bootlegs of this album by the way it, well yeah when but, you have a 75 dollar original the bootlegs will yeah. follow <laughs> yeah i've told people before on the show it's like watch out for the fucking russian bootleggers man they'll get you <laughs> If you're on eBay and you find the album you want, it says it's coming from the Russian Federation. Don't buy it. Just don't. Yeah, Sick of It All has a pretty wild story about confronting uh, some bootleggers, I think, in the Czech Republic. Uh, and apparently those motherfuckers are like a fucking gang. And there is a whole fucking... Like, they showed up outside of a venue that they were playing at. So Sick of It All ran out and fucking pelted them with bottles. And then ran back into the venue. Like it's a, it's a pretty wild story. <laughs> You're gonna have to tell me that whole story in the group chat later. But yeah, man, this this is the this is the kind of melodic death metal that I like. It's kind of got that, I don't know, man, that kind of strangled, desperate, melancholic feel to it that I feel like a lot of melodic death metal is missing because you know everyone just. Everyone for the longest time was just trying to copy Slaughter of the Soul and Clayman, which are, you know, terrible albums to try to copy, but you know, that's neither here nor there. But this this is one of the albums that I always, always come back to. I am never not in the mood to hear this fucking album. It is that good. Not a not a filler track on the whole thing. I don't think. This is like one of the apexes of early melodic death metal. So you might be wondering, what exactly am I going to pair with this? I am wondering Go ahead. that. Yeah, so the theme of today is bittersweet. Okay. And I found, a I found a beer a couple weeks ago that I tried, and I think it fit this album perfectly. Uh, this is one that you guys might actually, in fact, I'm sure Phil at least knows about this brewery. This is a Samuel Smith's brew. Oh yeah. It is their, mm -hmm. yeah, it is their organic chocolate stout. 
And you know, I when I was when I was trying that trying this beer, and when I was listening to this album, I thought, you know, this match made in heaven. What? I uh, I like Samuel Smith's. Um, I do not like that beer. You're just wrong. Oh, uh, oh, I don't care. Yeah, Sam, you tell him. It's so thin. After that last album you brought in, you tell him. It's yeah. so thin. No, I, 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 I don't care, Frank. <laughs> anyway, uh, now that we've got that nonsense out of the way, uh, yeah. So, I feel like uh, Samuel Smith's organic chocolate stout kind of fits the mold here. It's, I mean. Like I said, the theme of the theme of this bruise is bittersweet. I feel like it's got, you know, a a, Kenner, a Kenoris Quintet. Uh, they're not like the most extreme, brutally heavy band in the world. And Samuel Smith's Organic Chocolate is not the the like the deepest, thickest, richest beer in the world. But they they both kind of have that that element of bitterness and of sweetness again. That I because you know God like. A Kenoris Quintet, the way they play with uh, the way they play with guitar melodies on this album, uh, especially like dual guitar leads, is just like mm, it's that sweet spot for me, you know. And I feel like uh, Samuel Smith's Organic Chocolate kind of does the same thing. It's it's not it's not incredibly strong. I feel like it's one of those beers that you give to people who just like you know, hey, you know, I know you you say you don't like beer that much or you don't like the beer you normally try. Why don't you give this a shot? It's a little, it's a little less, uh, I think it's a little less intimidating, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I'm going off on a ramble here. Does uh, no, anyone else no, want no, 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 I, that's, that's I get exactly where you're coming from with that. Frank, I don't want to hear a fucking word out of you. <laughs> it's weird. It tastes like chocolate water ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I don't know how Dude, that's like good. supposed to be a negative. It's. Like I said, because to me it's it's thin. Like, okay. Yeah, but not every beer has to be fucking chewable, man. <laughs> no, but a stout should be. <laughs> oh my god, no! Not I, every stout does. Not every stout has to be fucking chewable, Frank. Mm-hmm. Get over yourself. Mm. And that was the moment when the podcast broke up forever. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the moment when Sam and Frank's friendship would never be mended. Two oh one, that's it. End game. Yep, we're we're done. I quit later, guys. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm telling you, despite Frank's bullshit, uh, despite <laughs> despite Frank's childish bullshit, I, I'm just I'm just gonna ask you right now, go go out, get yourself a, a fucking bottle of. Uh, Samuel Smith's organic chocolate stout. It's only five percent. It's not that fucking strong. And go on YouTube because it's probably the only place you're ever going to be able to hear it. And look up a Canoris Quintet. I should probably spell that. It's spelled C A N O R O U S. Canoris is one of those words you don't really hear that often. And quintet, as in five. Funny story. Uh, before they were a Canoris Quintet, they were. Uh, quintet they were a canoris quartet because they had four members and then they adopted another member and made it quintet <laughs> and they actually changed their name that's funny they actually did they updated their name to quintet which honestly i think a canoris quintet actually rolls off the tongue a little better yeah by the by the way some people some people have said like oh that name's really stupid i'm like not really it's interesting and you know what you remembered it didn't you 
it's it's interesting. Like if you you say like you know yeah I'm gonna go see a Canoris Quintet tonight. They're like, what? <laughs> like, what do they play? Like, well, come on, darling, buy a ticket and go with me. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, a Canoris <laughs> Quintet Silence of the World Beyond album. Samuel Smith's Organic Chocolate Stout. Go pick up a bottle. Go check out this album. I think you'll. I I feel like anyone who's not Frank would agree with me that it's a good pairing. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just waiting on Frank turns. Ah, boy. Okay. Uh, I'm, been, I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to spend like half of this segment giving you shit, Frank. I love you. Do you? Do you? So uh, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Because we're doing this a little bit differently, uh, rather than trying to tackle a bunch of new releases this week, um, and also in constant fear of our <laughs> of our rigged up situation over here, uh, we're instead just gonna we, we decided we wanted to talk about trends in the scene, not necessarily musical, mm-hmm. so much as uh, so much as things that we've seen in the fan bases or in the in the social aspects over the years that have come and gone uh to a, a good starting example being Jenko jeans <laughs> <laughs> so my question is do you want to do you want those to come back or do you want those to stay dead oh well stay. that's that yeah so that's kind of what we're we're aiming at with this uh and I mean, I think they can be gone forever. Yep. Oh yeah. The race that that needs I'm any just, photos I, need to go away. <laughs> I'm just gonna take this a step further and say that like, let's stop with the new metal revisionism, okay? <laughs> like I know I know there are a lot of people out there, like a lot of especially basically anyone who's like 18 to 24 who's like determined <clears throat> to like rewrite history about new metal is like no man it was actually it was like really good and really deep and, uh, duh, duh, duh. and i'm like no man there's a reason that shit died let's let it stay dead okay it wasn't good it, it was died. never good it died like it had an expiration date like it didn't taper off it, it just stopped yeah it really <laughs> did yeah. no it, that's true it, it it was basically around like 2000 and like three it just fucking died I would even have gone back and said like two thousand, but yeah, three is probably closer. Well, I mean, corn and Slipknot still hung around, so you know they were kind of the two drunk know. guys in the bar <laughs> that wouldn't fucking leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now there, and, there is some bands like kind of like pulling scraps, some good scraps from that. Yeah, but like the, that's the way it should be. It's you know some rusted out car that has some good pieces on it. You're like, yeah. oh, I can use that to fix my car. I mean, there there were there were certainly uh, good musicians involved in some of those groups, and there were mm-hmm. new ideas yeah. that were brought. It just as a whole, most of it kind of fell flat. But uh, yeah, the, the well, it's like it's like you look at the bassist for Mudvayne. I yep. mean, if you watch that guy's videos and stuff, he's a supremely talented bass player. He was just fucking wasted on that band. Yeah, I think the the gimmickry just kind of wore off on yeah, people. Like, it, you know, let's let's not mince words. Like Mudvayne's music was fucking awful. That it really X. was. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of uh, of I guess gimmicks and uh, styles, fucking, I mean, I've I've been balls deep in it anyway. 
80s glam shit, man. The the hair, the men and women's clothing, the fucking scarfs on the microphones. <laughs> I don't think it should stay dead. Ne- yeah, neither do I. Uh, if there was ever a time for it to come back, I feel like now is the time. It was. I mean, it was always just an extension of the shit that came before it anyway. Uh, just not in the form of Greta Van Fleet. Well, no, they, I mean, their, their attempted throwback era was a little before that. Mm. Like, they were shooting more like 70s Zeppelin era. Yeah. Uh, and just completely missing the mark. True. <laughs> wait, wait, um, who, I, you cut out, who were we talking about? <laughs> Fucking Greta Van Fleet, if you oh, remember when they were wow. popular for six months. <laughs> oh, that band, that band sucks. <laughs> it does. Someone said like, that to me. You, you, you know what they were? They were essentially just like the second version of Wolf Mother, and that band yeah. sucked too. Yeah, except Wolf Mother was, I mean, they better. were still garbage, but they were better than fucking Greta Van They're Fleet. Better. Jesus. They didn't uh, literally take their fucking name from other successful artists. It's it just, man, uh, like... <laughs> Greta Thunberg. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, look, I mean... <laughs> right, what is it with, like... I feel like every couple years or so, there's always some band who, like, is desperately trying to copy the sound of Led Zeppelin and I have to wonder like why Led Zeppelin no, that band wasn't even good to begin with no no no, no. Yeah, we don't have time no, for this right no. now but uh, <laughs> I like Led Zeppelin oh, Roland. I, 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 I got one I got one I, I have I have something that I want to die and stay dead forever uh, irony I hate in the scene I hate like music and people who just live in irony, who just base everything they do on irony. I don't I, like it. I get you. That, that constant state of like, like so there are good uses of it, but you get those people who just defend completely garbage fucking scenes, like entirely garbage scenes with, oh, it's ironic, man. It's like, no, it's not. It just sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is just bad. It, it was like it was like when fucking oh god um oh I can't even think of a, a a specific example but we all know somebody who at some point has just been like it's like look man I don't actually like it it's just I, I'm just being ironic I'm like no man you're just listening to shitty music <laughs> <laughs> or like or just like like the people who cannot enjoy anything without layering. Without like five hundred layers of irony on top of it, I'm like, man, just enjoy something. Ooh, I got one. Okay. I, I yeah. think rock rap can stay dead. Yeah, please. Rock rap can definitely die. Let's, not let's keep not it. like hip hop influence in a, in a band, but specifically, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think because I, I was gonna say like you can't write off fucking like Biohazard. No, 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 no. Uh, not um, not even like E Town Concrete, just like Limp Biscuit copiers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There there was a very and I mean, luckily it never really exploded. Uh, like the rest of new metal, like it was sort it was, of it was like fucking ska with breakdowns that happened for like a year. And yeah, it just you guys do you guys remember Pod? <laughs> oh yeah, I remember Pod. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are, we are. Youth <laughs> of the nation. That was the year when that out al- when Interstellar dropped or whatever. I think that's what that album was called. That is the year that everyone in America was tricked into listening to Christian rock. <laughs> Twenty POD twenty twenty called you fucking failed. <laughs> like, uh, getting getting more away from the, the the musical trends and more just the uh, the shit in the scene. Mike mentioned a good one, Sparks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's get that caffeine for, back in our malt. For you uh, for you younger listeners, uh, Sparks was around. Probably around like 2005 to 2008 ish. Uh, it predated Four Locos. Mm-hmm. It was the original highly caffeinated alcoholic uh, energy drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't, it bit, wasn't it basically like Jolt Cola with booze or something? Kind, yeah, of, kind of. Yeah, it had a it had a very citrusy flavor, but it wasn't like like so, almost balls, but not quite. Yeah. Uh, the the nice thing about it, like. I always loved Sparks. I couldn't stand Four Locos because Four Locos just dives too heavy into that fucking. I'll tell you weird fruit I'll flavor. T- I'll it, tell you an honest story. It, it, a lot of Four Loco was very syrupy. It, mm-hmm. it was, but it was efficacious. Hard to drink. We would all go out and we would get an, a, a a version one Four Loco. We would oh, roll ourselves each an individual blunt, and that is all the substance that our brains could handle. Like <laughs> I remember a night where a, a friend of ours. Keith had we had gone through yeah. our ritual, you know. We all went home, <laughs> and he woke up and he walks out his door to go to work, closes the door, has a fart, and shits his pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, so gross. Uh, yeah, man. And then and then there was a short-lived period before Sparks disappeared, where they had Sparks Plus, mm-hmm. which was a higher ABV, more malt liquor, and it, unlike Sparks, didn't turn your tongue orange. Uh, which was good because it was a thing that was getting kids caught because cops realized this fucking thing that these kids drink turned their fucking tongues orange. So all we have to do is make them stick out their fucking tongues. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Sparks is one that I want back. I want four locos and Sparks back. I have a a weird memory with Sparks that, like, when me and my uh, one buddy used to hang out, and we, he had railroad tracks behind his house. And every time we'd go past that, like, every weekend, there was a bunch of sparks thrown at the side <laughs> of the railroad. So some kids must have always come by around the weekend drinking their sparks and just throwing the fucking cans. That's fucking, that's punk See, rock life, man. Yeah. See, again, um, <clears throat> as anyone who's listened to the show for a long time knows, I'm from California. So Four Loco was like the order of the day where I was from. Man, Four Loco was just like the shit everyone sucked that shit down like water i mean i remember i i drank a few cans of it but whenever whenever people were just like yeah man i'm gonna go buy some locos i'm just like i think i'm just gonna buy a couple cans of mickey's okay yeah dude i just i couldn't fucking do the put the the four logo shit it was so nasty put caffeine back and i'm talking about like i like i remember like the very tail end of the original four loco run and it was gross it was so fucking gross yeah now it's gross without the benefit of the caffeine you know what i kind of no point yeah i definitely what do you kind of miss in a big way um you meet somebody new and then you could immediately like judge them based off of their cd books is it a big book (sighs) yeah and looking through the book and seeing what you see i mean you got to see all the album covers 
bro. Like, it was it was the it was a fucking night. I had a 250 CD book <laughs> completely full. So then I'm stuffing other shit in there <laughs> behind and, it and stuff. Yeah. it's it's sitting in my in the back seat of my fucking 94 Ford Taurus. <laughs> so every time I need to I need to change a CD, I gotta reach back there. Lug this giant fucking thing over. Multiple passengers got struck in the head with that thing. <laughs> and then I'm trying to open it on my lap, but there's not enough space between me and the fucking steering wheel. And so I'm, like, leaning back, like, sucking in, trying to fucking steer and flip through this thing at the same fucking time. And then you pull shit out and you never get it back in the same, like... You start out with it all nice and alphabetized, <laughs> and then you're fucking driving, and it's just like, yeah, you're in there. Yep. Uh, that man. Is, that is still my life. Fucking <laughs> disaster. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I have not had a CD binder probably since high school. You know what I actually used to do? So my high school didn't allow uh, music players of any kind. If they saw them, they would take them away. But... I shit you not, dude, for like two and a half years before I got my first iPod, I would put a fucking CD binder in my backpack and a fucking Walkman, and I would just, every time school got out, I would get outside of the school, pull a fucking CD out of my CD binder, put it in my Walkman, and go about my day. Yeah, I mean, like, the tendency, it hasn't left me still. I mean, like, uh, working at a detail shop, I mean, there's constantly CDs left in cars, and I can't help but, like, you know, see one in a trash can. I got to make sure it's not worth salvaging or something. Yeah. 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 Oh, and I, I do miss like, granted I'm a vinyl collector. Um, and there's, there's still some of this there, but you know, I got to make a fucking day out of it. I got to, I got to head to one of the fucking vinyl shops. Um, and then I guess that experience is still kind of there, but it's still, it's less common to find things so you might go looking for an artist and they're just not in the fucking store Mm -hmm. uh whereas like back in the day with like fye and sam goody you walk into a giant fucking cd store and any fucking artist you could think of there was something there yeah you know there's still an fye back in my home there's still an fye back in my home there ain't shit around here dude i went looking for cds uh maybe a year or two ago to walmart i'm like look they've still got the aisles right not really. It's nah. been crunched down to like fucking two aisles, and it's only recent hits. So I was yeah, like, Best Buy you know, did the same thing with both their CDs and their yeah. fucking DVDs. I went on a circuit one day, and I went to Best Buy and Walmart, and eventually I'm just like, dude, fuck, people don't sell music anymore. Like, Mm-mm. you know what? Uh, you know what my Walmart did? They don't even have shelves anymore. It's just like giant bins. What? Like <laughs> the whole things. Five, seven, and ten dollars CDs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's their whole I, CD set. Okay. I, I know. I know because I've bought two Black Sabbath albums, two Van Halen albums. Nice. I bought. I bought the Weezer uh, Blue album, and I think what else did I get? Dude, I bought like eight albums at that fucking Walmart. I think. Oh we, yeah, I bought Holy Diver. I think Weezer should Wal- stay dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? I like that album. Don't care if you do. That's that's fair. They make me yeah. depressed. <laughs> Not a fun way. Yeah, I just I that I can't listen to Pinkerton because of that fucking song where he's like he's like talking to that girl like how much about how much as he misses her and then he's talking about like how he touches himself like it's some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 is a butterfly or something like, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's actually okay. the impetus for why I can't 
I can't. Yeah. They just creep me out. Oh, yeah. there you go. Speaking of fucking, speaking of rap rock, I th- I don't know why this one didn't pop into my head earlier, but fucking, what was it like? Lost Prophets. Crazy Town. Crazy Town. Oh my god. <laughs> my butterfly. Sugar. That was. Sugar. It's yeah. it's amazing to me that that ever happened, <laughs> and I'll never forget like seeing the because you remember there used to be the fucking commercials for new albums mm-hmm. yeah. uh and yeah. i like it was funny because i was la- i saw it one morning and i'm laughing about it apparently my buddy had seen the same fucking thing and he was like dude i saw it because there was like a, th- there was a commercial for their next album he's like i saw it and i was like oh god they're back <laughs> <laughs> uh which still cracks me up to this day because there's there was just such a level of sincerity of just an actual like dread that crazy town had returned <laughs> oh my god holy like, shit they, uh, oh my dude they they have a fucking album called the brimstone sluggers uh, I, what is it? look i can't go down this fucking <laughs> <laughs> it's uh holy shit yeah, no, um, Butterfly is one of those songs that I, uh, I just very unfortunately had to hear a lot growing up. It got so much fucking Every, radio play. Everybody did, yeah. I still don't know that anybody really knows what that man was trying to, to say to us, but... <laughs> I don't think it's better that we don't know. <laughs> yeah, it sounded lewd. I like that even when it was popular, it was they mocked it in that movie Orange County. Oh, uh, God. The girl <laughs> that he thinks he's in love with, they're at like a party, and that song comes on, and she's doing like a fucking synchronized dance with her friends, and that's the moment where he's like, "Oh fuck, this is wrong." <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> like, oh my God. Um, I just all I remember from that movie is that part when uh, mm-hmm. was it Justin Long? Like he walks in on Jack Black's character and he's watching SpongeBob. <laughs> like Jack Black is laughing and his laugh is just one continuous. <laughs> and he just does that for like 20 seconds straight. It's like, what is he doing? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, there have been a lot of fucking, a lot of weird trends over the years in metal and hardcore. Uh, Fans do weird shit, and yeah. it catches on sometimes. Yeah. Um, there was that. There was the beard armor. You ever see beard armor? <laughs> no, I don't know, man. What is this? That was like uh, probably like either a crossover like goth and industrial, but they oh, would like. Oh god! You know what I mean? Put like. <laughs> oh why? my god! <laughs> like why? Ins- That's know. right. I forgot about those fucking about like the weird cyber goth shit. Too. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then fucking oh, like, getting dude. together and dancing under bridges and shit. I yeah. feel like, weird. I, dude. I feel like people will look back on cyber goth and in the same way that like how did we? People will look back with disdain and wonder how did we let cyber goth happen? The way that like people looked back about and like wondered how did we let the Vietnam War happen? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, wow, I've got nothing for that. Yeah. Might that may okay, maybe that's a little extreme. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was gonna say fairies or something, but he took it all the way to the war. Uh, yeah. Oh god, furries, man. <laughs> Just like 
anyone who's never seen it go go look up go look up the down the rabbit hole videos on youtube about furries they are fascinating they really uh, are speaking of rabbit holes we're, we're yeah kinda, i was gonna say i think we're, we're at the point yeah, where <laughs> we're getting a little out there this is what happens when you don't actually plan these topics and you decide them 30 seconds before yeah. you start recording um, <laughs> yeah but i feel i feel like you get the most honest responses we, we i mean do. honestly dude if anybody you know so we're coming out of philly uh hit us up about some of the you know what would you like to see come back from where you're from true or, yeah yeah it'd be interesting so it's yeah we're definitely a lot of this was i there are definitely philly centric trends uh, I am curious about other scenes because I really haven't seen many of them. Mm-mm. So yeah, what what weird shit happened in your scene what in fucking two thousand? Come back, let us know. But uh, anyway, that'll uh, that'll wrap up episode two hundred one for us here from the pit. Uh, we thank everyone who's been along for the ride so far. If you're new, uh, don't go back too far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Maybe start around episode 100. Sure. Catch up from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although there are great bands mentioned in the earlier ones, so just don't mind that it the show sucked. At least <laughs> at for that the, point. At least for the first 50, it was it was rough. Yeah. Well, I don't think we even have those posted anymore. Did we take them down? No. He, uh, so. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> Talked about this forever ago. I assumed it was taken care of. Uh, I mean, not not taken down, but they would have been disabled. Okay, Okay. all right. uh, Fucking semantics. Uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ, you can't (laughs) fucking anything with this guy. Uh, Anyway, remember to head over to fthepit.com for all of your from the pit needs, links, and all that fun shit. Uh, we're going to be making some changes there so it will no longer show as a not secure site. Uh, some things need to be fixed with that, so I apologize. Uh, I would also like to get it looking a little bit more appealing. Yeah, there are, there are some changes in the very near future for that. Uh, Patreon.com slash from the pit. Uh, bonus episodes, four bonus episodes every month for $5. Five bucks. Five buckaroonies. Uh, what else we have? Oh, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, please rate and review. We would very much appreciate it. Download. Uh, give us downloads. We need downloads. Especially now. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and yeah, don't forget to go back and check out our fucking interview with Toby from Life Taker. Yes. Hell yeah. Uh, dude was fucking nice as hell, and that album fucking rules, so. Oh, it seems that we have arrived at our destination. Is now safe to undo your seatbelts. Good night, ladies.